So as we approach the end of the year, I want you to reflect on the things that you have done and the things that you want to get accomplished. And the beauty of reflection is it gives you a chance to be grateful for all the time God has given you to do the things you wanted to do. It is a chance to take full responsibility of how you live this life. And even if you didn't do everything you wanted, you know by reviewing your year, you can make the intention of creating a life you will be happy living. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, a.k.a. Mr. Christian Finance, the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things, and my mom's favorite Christian financial advisor. As always, make sure that you subscribe so you're notified every time we release new episodes. And be sure to like and comment on this episode. It really helps the podcast so we can continue to make great episodes for you. Now, it's almost the end of the year and there are so many things to do. We're approaching Thanksgiving, so that is at least one week of prep and a week of recovering from a food coma. Just in enough time to wake up and hear the sleigh bells ringing to let you know that Christmas is right around the corner. On top of all this, you have your financial advisor breathing down your neck trying to get you to contribute to your IRA before the end of the year. So, to make things easier this year, I'm going to give you a short checklist of things to do financially to wrap up the end of the year. Priority number one is to either create a financial plan or review your financial plan. One thing every successful financial planner does is leave a margin for error. Life doesn't happen in a vacuum. You know, I wish we could set a goal of losing 10, 20 pounds and like clockwork six months later, poof, we are magically thin. But life doesn't happen that way, does it? Income fluctuates, the car needs maintenance, the dryer decides to go out, or your in-laws decide they want to take a trip halfway around the world. Now, regardless of the reason, we need to readjust our expectations based on those variables. This year's big variable has been inflation at a huge 9% back in June, which has subsided down to 7.7 as of late, and a decline in the market of about 18%, which gives you about a 20%, 27% swing. Yikes. I know the numbers, but just saying it out loud made me feel a little uncomfortable. And I'm sure that the financial plan that you had last year doesn't really reflect this swing. So it's time to add it in. Plus, it gives you a chance to reset your priorities. Did you buy that new camper? Did you renovate that extra guest room? Did you put a down payment on that new property? Well, if you didn't, you still have the cash sitting in your savings and you may want to re-earmark those funds. But that starts with reviewing your financial plan. Number two, 
rebalance your accounts. Asset allocation is very important when it comes to investing. It says a lot about the risk that you are willing to take. During these volatile times, your allocation can get all out of whack. What used to be a 60-40 conservative split, equities to bonds, is now a very ultra-aggressive 95-5 split equities to bond ratio, and your risk is doubled, tripled, or even quadrupled at this point. Rebalancing can help you keep your portfolio in a risk range that you are willing to tolerate. Traditionally, you would rebalance your portfolio every three months or so, but it isn't dangerous if you miss one or two cycles. But when it goes to year three and to year four, you may have some problems on your hand because your risk exposure may be too high or not high enough. I think we don't put enough emphasis on not high enough. You know, if you're trying to retire with a certain lifestyle and it's going to take you a 6% growth year over year for the next 20 years, putting into a savings account with 1% is not going to make it. You're going to have to take more risk than that. Number three, review your debt management strategy. You know, every financial plan should include a debt management strategy or a debt prevention strategy. So either you're trying to figure out how much to reduce your debt or you're trying to figure out how to avoid accumulating more. You know, many of you may be receiving cash this Christmas, right, as a gift. And if you're really lucky, you'll be receiving a lot of cash for Christmas. Instead of going out and buying more stuff, you may want to consider putting some of that money towards some of your debt and getting it off of your books. I mean, that $100 may save you $30 in interest. It's like a gift that keeps on giving or a gift that stops the bleeding, right? Because when you pay down debt, you're not just lowering your balance. You are avoiding additional payments that come with interest charges. So you may be down $10,000 in debt and also avoid another $2,000 in interest. Well, let's keep going. Number four, you're going to make your annual contributions to your IRA. You know, many of you may make too much to actually get a deduction from your taxes for your IRA contribution but you still can save in your retirement in a tax deferred account. You know, incomes above $214,000 in 2022 and incomes above 228,000 for 2023 are not eligible, but it's still a good idea. So if you're below these amounts, you can either get a partial deduction or a full deduction. But how do we figure this out? You need to speak with your tax preparer or CPA to determine if you qualify. But regardless, like I said, making contributions to your retirement is a good idea. Whether you get the deduction or not, we do want to save for retirement. And finally, the bonus tip. We want you to check the account titling and the beneficiaries on the account. You'll be surprised about the account that you either missed or the company was unable to process the request. I've been in situations where, you know, you'll send off the beneficiary designation to three insurance companies. And when you follow up in a month to have it complete and the third one didn't even know you sent it in. Right. So you call back two months later. It's still not done until you sit on the phone for an hour or so trying to get it resolved. So just because you sent it in doesn't mean it is complete. So what are we going to do? We are going to follow up. Right. We're going to get written confirmation that who you want to inherit your money is the person that is on that documentation, because if they are not. I don't care what your mama or what your dad said with their final breath, the law is going to go by what name is on that piece of paper. So 
let's take this conversation to the Bible to drill this last point home. Because this last point seemed, uh, you know, weak, right? Uh, you're just saying getting the beneficiaries. That's kind of a weak tip. Why is that a bonus tip? I don't understand it. Well, let's take it to the Bible. And you will understand how powerful that last tip was. Now, do you remember the story of Isaac, Esau, and Jacob? Where Jacob took Esau's birthright by disguising himself as Esau with the help of his mother? You remember that one? Perfect. If you don't, don't worry. We'll give you reference to where it's at, and I'm actually going to explain a little bit of it. So yes, Jacob was able to steal Esau's birthright. Now, I'm not questioning how this story unfolded, but... If Isaac would have written down the birthright, got it notarized, by the time his eyesight was getting so bad that he couldn't tell his sons apart, he wouldn't have to worry about who he was blessing and who he wasn't. And the sad part is that I've been married for nearly 15 years now, and I'm sure Isaac had his doubts about who was in front of him. But I can bet my bottom dollar that that night, Rebecca, his wife, reassured him that it was Esau in front of him because obviously Jacob was her favorite. So there is, in my opinion, just too much to unpack as far as why did the mom want to take the birthright away from Esau and give it to Jacob? Maybe because Jacob was her favorite. You know, there's some other intentions there. But why didn't Isaac correct himself or admit that he had made a mistake? Because when Esau came back, it seemed like Isaac doubled down. Like he was frustrated. It sounded like he almost cursed him, you know, kind of like in biblical times. So why did Esau even give up his birthright in the first place for some food? I don't know. You know, regardless, we can play the why game all day, but we understand that this occurred. And that's what we're going off of. So the point is that beneficiaries are important. And if you don't, make sure that we have the right ones listed, we may end up like Isaac and having a child inherit assets that should have been reserved for another child. You know, you can read the story in Genesis starting in chapter 25 if you wish and, and even catch a warning of never relinquishing your spiritual blessings for physical desires in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. How many of us are doing that today? We are relinquishing our spiritual blessings of peace of contentment, of fulfillment, of purpose for these physical things that promise happiness and joy and good fun times, right? But they're nothing but simple physical desires and soon they'll fade away. So are you giving up your spiritual blessings? I hope not. So as we approach the end of the year, I want you to reflect on the things that you have done and the things that you want to get accomplished. And the beauty of reflection is it gives you a chance to be grateful for all the time God has given you to do the things you wanted to do. It is a chance to take full responsibility of how you live this life. And even if you didn't do everything you wanted, you know by reviewing your year, you can make the intention of creating a life you will be happy living. So as we recap, the first thing we're going to do is what? We are going to create or review our financial plan to make sure that we are on track for this upcoming year 
and reset our priorities and our expectations. You know, at the core of all conflict is unexpressed expectations. Sometimes we have this perception in our mind that we're going to make millions overnight because we're finally investing and doing the things we're supposed to be, but it's slow, it's gradual, and we need to set our expectations. This year set us back a little bit, so our projections are distorted. We just need to realign our expectations with the data that we have. Number two, we're going to rebalance those accounts and make sure we are not taking too much risk or not enough risk to reach our goals. Three, we're gonna review our debts and make sure that you are making progress. You may even add some extra cash in that direction to help pay some of that debt down and get the pressure of an interest payments off of your back. Four, you're gonna make those end of year contributions into your retirement account. Make sure to speak with your tax preparer or CPA to determine how much you should contribute and what benefit, if any, you can receive on your taxes. And don't forget the bonus, which is to make sure the titling is correct on all of your assets so you are not fooled like Isaac in your older years. Well, that is it from me. Once again, I am thankful, 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 thankful for you joining us today. I hope that you've been blessed. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, to comment, and to share. Also, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, go to www.abrwealthmanagement.com backslash podcast and join our family. And as a thank you, we'll have a free gift for you. If you need help building your financial plan, information to speak with us will be given right after the show. I am A.B. Ridgeway, Mr. Christian Finance himself, and I will see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Olajuwon Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on his website and through other distribution channels. Olajuwon Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Team podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.